What's going on, fellas? Rob Carbone. You're listening to BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis than by tuning into this podcast right here, right now. Let's go. All right, all right, what is up, guys? What's going on? Rob Carbone coming at you with another episode of BD4. This one will be episode 53. So, tonight, um, we're not going to talk about the Knicks. <laughs> it's been a bit since we've talked about the Yankees, so we're going to talk about the Yankees tonight. I um, I guess you could say I've been in a little bit of... I've been on strike, I guess, uh, ever since the uh, the way their postseason ended. I really, I very rarely blogged about them. I think I had maybe one article, and that was a couple of days after. I didn't ever talk about them on Twitter or Facebook much. I, I didn't have an episode out on BD4. I, I was on strike because I was so disappointed, so frustrated, so pissed off at you know how their season ended and just the way they went about things all year from the from the start of the off season last year to the end of October. All right. But obviously I'm in a much better mood lately because well, <laughs> um Garrett Cole is now a New York Yankee for 9 years and he will be getting paid just under 325 million. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome though. Uh first and foremost right off the bat I do want to say, don't cry. If you're one of those people crying about, you know, the financials of this deal, if you're crying about the Yankees' finances 10 years from now, please go back and relearn Yankee history. Okay? Learn about the evil empire. This has always been the way they've won. Yes, George has had his, George had his, you know, his um, flaws, but his main goal and what he was successful at doing was winning championships and doing the the most he could do to get that championship. And that's what the Yankees finally did after years of, you know, staying under that luxury tax. And now we have Garrett Cole for for almost a decade to try and break that decade-long streak that we're on right now of not even appearing in a World Series. You know, the Yankees have made the World Series in every decade dating back to really when Jesus rose. So they broke that streak this past decade. Now we're going to start a new one here, hopefully... Cole can get us a few. So, that was huge, man. And this is huge for this rotation, I'm telling you. You know, year by year, um, yeah, the Yankee rotation isn't terrible, but I don't think you can look at it and say the opposite of terrible either. You can't say it's great. You can't say it's an elite rotation without Cole, obviously. You can't, you know, it hasn't been great. Um, In the postseason, every year, sure, they have other flaws. And, you know, personally, I do think, the number one flaw is still here right now. We're going to get to that in a little bit. But pitching has definitely been an issue itself. And it's top of the line issue for them. Um, 
playoff quality starts. They were only 22% this year, only 40% last year, and only 38% of their starts were quality starts in 2017. When you look at the recent World Series teams, the Washington Nationals, 53% of their starts this year. Houston Astros, 44% of their starts in the playoffs were quality this year. Um, Last season, Boston, 50%. LAD, 50%. And then 2017, Houston, 50%. I mean, the Yankees are consistently well below the World Series teams' quality start percentage year by year. They don't get length out of their starters, and when they do get length, they you know they don't limit the damage. And, wow, Garrett Cole, I'm pretty sure he's going to help with that. You know, if all goes as planned here, and the 29-year-old pitches like the 29-year-old he is at his peak. So that's going to be a very fun addition to the staff. Um, when you look at it, He's not just going to be effective, like I said, and give you quality starts, but he's going to give you innings. He'll eat innings, and that's been a big issue itself. The Yankee starters do not eat innings. Um, I got another little statistic for you here. In 2019, the World Series teams, again, the Nationals and the, and the Astros, innings out of their starting pitchers, they each had over 100 compared to in the 50s with their relievers. So a lot more innings from their from their starting pitchers than from their relief pitchers. Whereas with the Yankees this postseason, they had more innings from their relievers than they did from their starters. And the same went for 2018. The two World Series teams had way more innings pitched from their starters versus when uh, they used their pen. But the Yankees, not so much. And again, that's that's what you're going to get with Cole. You're going to get a guy who goes out there... And not just pitches five or six, but he's going to go seven, eight. Maybe he'll even pitch it into the ninth here and there. That's This is a Cy Young candidate. This is the perennial all-star. This guy has three all-stars already. He won the ERA title last year. He should have won the Cy Young probably. Um, and, he's, and he's on his way to, to, you know, to a prime, to the prime era of his career here. So I can't say, you know, I can't stress enough how big this is. Um, especially now that we have Larry Rothschild, the ruiner of all pitchers, out of the out of the uh, organization. We have a new pitching coach, a little younger. Hopefully, he finds the right balance between you know old school and analytics, um, just to help Cole thrive here in New York. But not only will Cole just help you know with him himself, but I you know it, it's something that's going to take a lot of pressure off you know Severino. Severino, ever since he. Um, debuted in the big leagues, he's kind of struggled to live up to these ace expectations, right? He had a, a, a very strong start to his rookie season, 11 or 12 starts at the end of the year, I believe. Then he struggled mightily uh, the next season, and then he I think he bounced back with a career year, and then there was, after that, there was last, or two years ago, when he pitched amazing in the first half, and then fell apart in the second half, and then there was last year when he didn't didn't pitch the entire year, pretty much. So he's had a you know very up and down start to his career, but you obviously see the potential with him. He still has the potential to be a number one, I believe. I believe he has the talent, he has the stuff and the control to be a very top of the line pitcher. So this is good. This takes pressure off Severino now, where he doesn't have to you know be that guy. Cole is going to be that guy now. Severino can just go out there and pitch. He can finally pitch freely, and that's when he's at his best, with no pressure. 
doesn't have to worry about being the best one on the mound every time out. Now we could just go out there and pitch. And, you know, same for the other guys. Same for James Paxson, also brought here to be a top-of-the-line guy. He can go out there and pitch. He struggled to, you know, to get going um, initially. Then he got a rhythm towards the end of the year. And, you know, Tanaka, I don't think anything phases Tanaka, obviously. Um, Tanaka, I'm fine with him doing whatever he wants to do in the regular season as long as he keeps showing up in the playoffs. Um, and then Montgomery, we have Montgomery coming back. Don't know. I'm not too high on him anymore. I really don't know what to expect from him. Not that I'm low on him either. I just don't know. I'm questionable with him. Herman, I don't know what the deal is with him. Um, they might as well just cut him. But yeah, there are some there are some really positive things to say about this signing here with Cole, not just about him, you know? So it's good. It's a good thing. It's just a good thing to have him, man. I, I can't stress enough. I really can't. I'm just so happy. Like, when I got the news, I was watching the Knicks get their shits kicked in. 40-point blowout against the Nuggets last last week. And um, looked down at my Twitter page. <laughs> I was going to rant about the Knicks. But then I saw some notification. You know, Jeff Passan, Garrett Cole to the Yanks, $9 million. I was like, holy fuck. I, I, I couldn't believe it. And he's here, and he's ready. So, listen, I, I still don't think this rotation is perfect. But, you know, by, by adding Garrett Cole to to this rotation and taking him away from the Astros, that's also big. You're weakening your rival here. And the Red Sox don't seem to, you know, Red Sox don't want to improve. They don't look like they're trying to make too many big moves. They just lost the pitcher. Um, Chris Sale looks like he's on the decline. So maybe this is good for, you know, this is even better than we think. Um, Of course, the Yankee rotation has to live up to those expectations. And we've got to stay healthy first and foremost. But while I do think, you know, there are question marks, there are obviously, there's there's a ceiling there that's maybe higher than any other team's ceiling in the league. I really think that there's a ceiling there. There is a ceiling. It's it's just all about meeting those expectations. Stay healthy. Pitch, you know, pitch the way you're supposed to pitch. And, you know, we'll take it from there. But that's not the only move the Yankees made this offseason. Um, and they've also let a few guys go. D.D. Gregorius. A fun, you know, a fun little five-year stint with the Yanks. I was never, you know, a diehard Gregorius guy. Of course, I'm a fan of everybody on the team. Um, but I paused there because I was going to say except Stanton. But <laughs> no, but really... But, um, yeah, it was a fun ride for Gregorius. He wasn't a great player. He was a good player. Had some really, really fun moments with the team. Obviously, hit some big uh, home runs in the playoffs for the Yankees. I was at one of those. I was at a couple of those games. Actually, I was at the wild card game versus the Twins when he hit the homer. I was at the Cleveland Indians game in game five when he hit that home run. Um, So I was there for a few of them. And I was at the uh, AL, was it ALCS when Didi hit the home run against the Astros uh, over the short porch. So I was at a couple of them. Very, very, yeah. And, you know, so I've witnessed his clutch playoff performances, and he had a nice career with the Yanks. But when it comes to it, at the end of the day, man, this was this was the right move. Okay, it's time to to put some real talent there at shortstop. Let's give uh, let's give Glaber Torres. You know, the reins here. Went from Jeter to Gregorius. Now it's going to go from Didi to Torres. And this is going to be legit because Glaber Torres, folks, 
you all know I'm a huge guy. I'm big. I am big on him. Big on his upside. He's going to be legit. Not to say that he's not already legit. This guy had 38 home runs last year. He's a, he's a hitter for average too, not just power. He takes his walks. He makes a fair amount of contact. He he's a guy who knows how to play ball. And if he can stay focused up there, we'll see less. You know, not the, not the, not to say again, not to say that he strikes out a lot, but he does have those moments where he chases because he loses focus. But if he can keep focus, he'll he'll make even more contact as his career goes along, and he'll win a couple of Gold Gloves. Because he can be sloppy out there, but we obviously see the tools, right? The ridiculous arm strength, that easiness to him. Everything looks easy when he's out there making those plays, but it's really all about focus with Torres. And he's 23 years old now, so you've expected you expected these kinds of things. So uh, moving on, the Yankees also let Austin Romine go. And that was really the one that hit me the most, man. I, I, I really don't agree with this move. Um, as weird as that sounds, to hate the Romine decision more than the Gregorius one, look who, you know, look who we're talking about. We're talking about Torres replacing Gregorius and Sanchez replacing, not replacing, but Sanchez being the starter with a worse backup than Romine now. You know, I'm not sure I would have hated letting Romine go if the Yankees had a starting catcher who who wasn't prone to prolonged slumps and who could stay healthy. But we don't have one of those, man. Gary Sanchez is, this is the guy who's always pulling something. He's missing, you know, at least 30, 40 games a season. It's, it seems like, um, the career high in games he played was 122, you know, back when he was an all around hitter, but he's not that anymore. Last year, he missed a chunk of time, several injuries. Um, really the last couple of years, He's just not been that same all-around complete hitter. He's been a pull hitter who tries to hit a home run pretty much every time he's up there. No discipline, no approach, and you know he'll catch, he'll catch, a, he'll run into a fastball every here and there, and you'll look up and he has you know thirty-five home runs or whatever. <clears throat> nice, but I don't ever think he's going to be a guy that's going to help the Yankees address their flaws, which is making contact. And hitting for average, especially in that postseason. It's one thing to get on base for, uh, by a walk, but it's another thing to get on base by collecting hits and moving runners over, you know, and, and getting that crowd hype and starting some rallies and shit by stringing together some hits. And that's not Sanchez. So I don't know with a guy who's not reliable out there in many ways, who is going to be that guy who, who fills in, you know, once or twice a week. Um, Kyle Higashioka, are you kidding me? I am not high on that guy. And if the news is true that we're going after Martin Maldonado, I like I do like the defense. He throws a lot of runners out, but I mean his bat is putrid. His bat is terrible. So if you're asking me if I'd rather have a catcher with okay defense and a very good bat, or a catcher with great defense and a terrible bat, I'm taking the former here. I'm taking Austin Romine. Okay, so I didn't love the move. But we're going to move on from that. Yankees, um, they re-signed Brett Gardner last week. One-year deal, $12.5 million. Listen, I, you know, I didn't go on a rampage about that. I kind of expected it. Um, really did expect it, especially after the season he had. Career highs in home runs and RBIs. Um, a career high in OPS. But, you know, we all know the balls were juiced and... When they took the balls away, when they took the juiced balls away in the postseason, 
Gardner kind of reverted back to his usual postseason self, hitting a buck 80 or whatever it is that he hits in his career in October. And so I'm not too high about that. Yes, the defense will always be there. There's no such thing as a juiced glove. But um, I don't know how he's going to perform a year older next year without the juice ball. I, I, you know, it's, come on. I would have preferred, you know, even going after Starlin Marte. I know that was a rumor for a bit. Um, But, hey, even in-house, you know, Mike Talkman deserves a shot out there. The guy was great for the Yankees in his stint last season. That's what I hope to do. You know, it's not like I don't think the Yankees made it official that Gardner was starting yet. There's nothing on that, but so that's good. But I'm I'm not so sure Talkman's going to get the start. I just have a feeling it's going to be one of those seniority things, you know, where Gardner gets the spot just right off the bat. I hope I'm I hope I'm incorrect here, but that's what I have a feeling is going to happen. But that's pretty much it in terms of transactions recently and rumors recently. Oh, they have been... Oh, I don't know about the last couple of days. It's kind of slowed down today and yesterday. But uh, the whole thing about getting Josh Hader, maybe that's a possibility if Dylan Batances does walk like he's expected to. I would love Josh Hader. I think Josh Hader is really the best reliever in the game. You can make an argument for it, but he's definitely at least top three to me. Big lefty arm, throws hard, a ridiculous, nasty slider, and his strikeout rates are off the charts. Um, Del Matanzas is a lot older, six years older. So I would I would love to package a trade here to Milwaukee if we could get Josh Hader. And the Yankees have the ability to. You know, they have the depth in the infield to, to lose, you know, a few guys like Estrada, Frazier in the outfield. You could package them two with, I don't know, Miguel Andujar, maybe include Lou Voigt, a couple of prospects on the rise, Garcia, Clark Schmidt, um, Floreal. You could do some stuff here. They're, they're, they have the, you know, they have the, uh, the assets to make a trade here, definitely, but I'm not sure if anything is going to happen because, again, I've have I've heard nothing in uh in recent days. And lastly, there has been just today I saw some Kyle Schwarber to the Yankees talks. I'm not so sure I want that at all. Okay. Listen, we're trying to like I said before, we're trying to make contact here. We're not trying to add more sluggers, and that's exactly who Kyle Schwarber is. And this is the one thing that pisses me off. Ready for this? The whole lefty thing. Can we stop? Can we stop with the overly obsessed lefty thing? Stop obsessing over lefties. If the guy strikes out 150 times and is another 250 sub hitter, a sub 250 hitter, what is the obsession here? What, that he hits home runs? We hit 300 and something of them last year. We're breaking, you know, we're breaking our own record every year. Just because he's a lefty, that doesn't mean his play is going to help improve this team. To help fix up some holes here. I prioritize actual actions. You know, making contact. Hitting the single the other way. I prioritize that over handedness. 
God, that pisses me off. Like, what's the point of getting a lefty? Like, if we were getting a lefty, it's got it's really gotten to the point with some Yankees fans where they could go after some 145 hitting um bum from the minor leagues, but oh, oh he's a lefty. Gotta sign him. Gotta give him a shot. He's a lefty. God damn, that pisses me off. No, I prioritize contact. If there's a right-handed guy out there who makes contact, who hits over 280, who gets on base, but he hits five home runs a season, I'm getting that guy because I know that's going to help this Yankee lineup because we have enough home runs in the lineup. We need contact. And I'm not seeing that with Kyle Schwarber. Kyle Schwarber strikes out over 150 times a year, and that'll make probably four guys in this eight-man lineup that strike out that much. Wow. So no thanks on Schwarber, okay? And yeah, again, that whole lefty thing is ridiculous. Not that lefty doesn't matter. Of course it matters. This is baseball. You're going to have to have matchups. But I just think we're over-exaggerating it a little too, a lot of too much, in my opinion. Okay? But yeah, that's that. That's pretty much all I got tonight. We're about 20, 25 minutes into this. Um, Yank signed Cole. Big time stuff. Yanks let D.D. Gregorius walk. Yanks re-sign Brett Gardner. Yanks let Austin Romine walk. Um, Yanks maybe looking at Josh Hader in case Dallin Batances walks. And Yanks possibly, but I'm not sure how authentic it is, looking at Kyle Schwarber, the lefty. <laughs> All right, guys. That's pretty much it. I'm going to go to bed. I've got a final to take tomorrow, and then I'm done with class. And I can spend more time ranting about the Knicks. Awesome. Speaking of, the Knicks will be playing tomorrow at the Garden, hosting the Atlanta Hawks for the first time this year. Um, Of course, they'll have a BD4 episode on that because I do that every two games on the Knicks, so it'll be BD4 episode 54 tomorrow night. But as for tonight, as for episode 3, I'm sorry, as for episode 53, this is Rob Carbone signing out. Guys, thanks so much for stopping by. All right, ciao. Hey guys, one more thing. If you made it to the end of the episode, be sure to follow me on Facebook, Twitter, WordPress, and right here on SoundCloud. All right, see you next time. Ciao.